Well, hi again, and welcome to another thrilling episode of Gab and Grow. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and our podcast today, I think, is a really um, exciting topic, which you might not have given much thought to, but there are some really um, interesting opportunities for you here that allow you to dig a little deeper into your major. And so we're going to be talking today about student research opportunities, and we have with us two professors who don't just talk the talk about that. They're actually doing research and involving students in it. So I want to ask you to join us in welcoming Dr. Tom Philbrick. Thank you. Who's our CSU professor from of biology, and Dr. Sean Murthy, who is an assistant professor in computer science. Thank you. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, I think one of WestCon's best-kept secrets is the research that gets done here because there's an astounding amount of it that that happens on campus, both faculty research and student research. And, you know, Tom, you and I a few years ago were on a committee that really looked at a lot of our faculty research, um, but I started finding out more and more about the student opportunities that were here on campus. And, um, you know, we have a pretty vibrant set of, of opportunities for students who are who want to be involved in research. So I'm wondering, maybe, Tom, you could start and um, talk to us about some of the research that happens on campus that students can be involved in. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm biased toward biology, so I'm going <laughs> to focus on that. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we have uh, 10 or 11 faculty, and essentially all of them have a, a research program that has nothing to do with the, the courses they teach. Yeah. And the way you find out about that is you knock on doors. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is realize that taking courses are your comfort zone. And one of the responsibilities we have at WestCon as faculty is to push you out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Best way to do that is encourage you to knock on doors. Essentially, every course you take, you should find an excuse to go knock on the instructor's door and ask questions. Find out what they do. Find out, find out what they do out of the classroom mm -hmm. in terms of their scholarship and their interests, and it's going to provide opportunities for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that a lot of students start off not knowing that there's research opportunities available for them, or maybe they think that they might not get selected for a project, so they don't really, you know, look any further into it. But I know that, that you in particular, Dr. Murthy, you had some some opportunities with my own daughter and approached her about some opportunities that were there. So um, could you talk just a little bit about one way is certainly knocking on doors, but sometimes your professors are also looking for people to be involved too, would you say? Yeah, that's true. Um, so one thing I try to do is observe what students, how students do in my classes. Um, or just generally observe how they interact with each other in the lounge or in a, between classes. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to, we have this really nice uh, slot every Monday uh, in the department. We call it Coffee and Conversation. So it's a tradition that existed before I joined here already. And so I go there, that's an opportunity. The department does not schedule any classes uh, in the three to five slot. And the computer science students typically hang out in just one classroom. Mm -hmm. And I just go in there and talk to them about 
things that are nothing to do with coursework. Um, it could be nothing to do with computer science at mm -hmm. all. Um, whatever, you know, helps them, you know, kind of just uh, get used to faculty. And um, so that gives me an opportunity to understand uh, the student's aptitude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some are more interested in the coursework, some are interested in pushing the boundary. So that's usually how I find out. But for the most part, um, I have this unique advantage in the department that I teach this one course, uh, which is the CS205 course. That's a introduction to data management. I'm the only one that teaches it. Mm -hmm. And all students have to go through that course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they typically go through that course in their third semester here, uh, which means I also get to see them in action very early on. Right. So then I can follow up with them at maybe another two semesters, I will really know, you know, what mm -hmm. their interests are, and then I can approach. Um, in the case of um, Ellie Griffin, mm -hmm. um, it was actually very, um, uh, that was an exceptional case, I think. Uh, she was in my uh, C++ programming class. She had not yet taken my data management mm -hmm. course. But because she was in my C++ class, I had already interacted with her. Mm -hmm. um, she had not interacted with me much. Right. I had interacted with her a lot. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> so, like that. <laughs> um, but and I could see that she is easily able to learn new things and mm -hmm. is interested in learning new things. So I just kind of took a chance and said, mm -hmm. well, come on over in summer. We're having a lab. Why don't you just come participate? Mm -hmm. Even though you have not completed the data management course, I still think that you can somehow manage. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it was hard for her. Yeah. Um, but um, I knew this is nothing that she can't handle anyway. Yeah. So that's that's another way. So impress faculty in classroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think faculty also have a role to play. Mm -hmm. So observe students and spot the talent. Exactly. Right. Well, and I think that's what you were you were getting at, Dr. Philbrick, was that that when a student takes that time to knock on the door and get to know more about you, it gives you that chance to interact with them, too, and and see what they're interested in and things that might help them along their pathway. Exactly. You have to be noticed. Mm -hmm. Some ways to be noticed to, is to be an academic superstar. Yeah. I wasn't one of those. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, the, the opportunities I had came about because I knocked on doors and I got to know faculty outside mm -hmm. of class and, and I asked questions. What are you working yeah. on? Why are you doing it? And how can I get involved? Mm -hmm. And I think that's for me, one of the really important things, because there are very few academic superstars, but those are always the people that we think are getting those opportunities. And it's not. It's people yep. who do work, yep. you know, and yep. if they're willing to do work and, and want to learn, the opportunities are there. Yep, you're yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Now, if a student, say, had some ideas for research that they wanted to do, um, are there opportunities for them to kind of be the spearhead for that? Um, that's a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> and it, it depends on the nature of the student and the mm -hmm. nature of the project. So in principle, yeah, it's it's good to approach a faculty member and say, mm -hmm. I want to do such and such. But if the faculty member doesn't have the background in that mm -hmm. or doesn't have the expertise or doesn't feel comfortable doing it, then right. it's not going to work. But oftentimes bringing up your own project breaks the ice allows the conversation mm -hmm. to begin and the, the instructor could say, well, I'm not interested in that. That's not really right. my focus, but how about this over here? And that could, to, that could lead places. Right. Yep. 
I know every spring toward the end of the semester, we do a, a Western Research Day. And the past couple of years, I've actually been able to be involved as a judge in that. And it's fascinating to me, you know, all the projects that get done. There's, you know, 60 or more projects that students or groups of students are working on during the year. And then they present to this, you know, panel of judges what they're they're doing. And people get to walk around and see all the things that people are doing. And, and you know, I think it's amazing. Have you both had students who have participated in that? Um, yes, I have. Uh, I like uh, Western Research Day. I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I like how it is executed here. Um, I am surprised by the number of uh, projects that get presented mm -hmm. there. I wasn't expecting that. Um, the two, this is now my third year. Mm -hmm. um, so third spring I'm here. Mm -hmm. Both these springs I've already been here. I have had students. Sean, this is my 25th. Oh. I'm, a, I'm ahead. <laughs> 31. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> um, so I, I have had students uh, with present their work um, both springs, yeah. past springs. Um, and it, it has been um, rewarding for the students and definitely yeah. for me as well, just mm -hmm. to see the students present their work. Mm -hmm. And they come out of it learning um, new ways of presenting their own work mm -hmm. because somebody who is not me asked them questions mm -hmm. that forced them to yep. think about things in a different way. Yeah. Um, I, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and that's really fun too because you do get to see people just coming at their work in a variety of different ways. And some people are very talkative and comfortable about it. And others, you can tell that it's a, mm -hmm. a little more of a struggle for them. But there's, you know, one of the things I'm also interested in in that is that, you know, when we talk about research, we t tend to think that it's all STEM related. Mm -hmm. And one of the fascinating things for me with the research day is that it covers all different kinds of areas. So, we we had some last year. I know we there was uh, somebody who did uh, some research on Picasso, and there was somebody else who did. Um, I think it was a website development with advice and and resources for people who were caregivers. And there were things about DACA students and and the immigration process. And and so, um, in addition to all the STEM things that we saw. Um, you know, there was a little bit of something for everyone. There was somebody who did a book of poetry, too. So it's not just those those science things that sometimes people think about. Exactly. I think um, Westcon Research Day, the word research is a little misleading. Mm -hmm. It should probably, a little bit cumbersome, but it right. should probably be Westcon Creative Activities Scholarship and Research mm -hmm. Day. But that's yeah. difficult to get into an acronym. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, word is a really simple one. Yeah, but we, yeah can, so we can work on it. We can work on that. That's right. <laughs> it has a nice logo now. You just don't want to disrupt exactly. things. Exactly. But you? It's, it, it spans all disciplines. Yeah. You know, I um, I think there's a lot of benefits to students that get involved in research. So I'm wondering if you might, you know, want to touch base on some of those. I mean, when I think about it, I think about opportunities sometimes to travel. I know. You know, some students that you've worked with, I think, Dr. Philbrick, you've gone down into in Central South America and South America to do things. So travel is obviously one of the nice features sometimes in that in that research world. Yes. Um, travel 
is is eye opening mm-hmm. because you're going to areas where you probably don't know the culture. Um, you're gonna you're away from home. I, I do a lot of work in South America in mm-hmm. the last decade or so, in, a lot in Brazil, the interior of yeah. Brazil. And um, I have to be very careful who I invite to go with me mm-hmm. because it it sounds really romantic, but it's not um, the Nature Channel. Yeah. You're going to be working seven days a week, sun up to sundown. There'll be insects. There'll be cots you're sleeping in that are not particularly comfortable. Yep. Uh, so nonetheless, but it is an experience. And it's an experience that someone who goes on one of my trips doesn't come back the same person. Right. Sometimes they come back and they realize that they don't ever want to do that again, which is fine. Yep. Others come back and say, yeah, that's it. Wow. That's what I want to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but now I have a direction to go in. Just doing that type of field biology. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, it's um, so I'm trying to contrast that with what happens in computer science. Um, travel is probably something that is not very big, because in our case, you can sit anywhere and work on any computer. <laughs> so we, the I have to actually arrange to meet my students on purpose. So in the summer mm-hmm. break, so we work uh, together for ten weeks. And I typically organize like a mm-hmm. pizza lunch or something like that mm-hmm. and force students to come meet on campus. Yeah. But otherwise, we just work um, on our own computers, which has its own challenges. Um, so if anything, just students are probably eating more pizza and drinking more coffee. <laughs> so it's not very healthy. Um, on the other hand, uh, it does prepare students for real world um, you know, experience. Mm-hmm in a very different way than what uh, Dr. Philbrick just mentioned, um, in the sense that, you know, students are learning, um, you know, how to produce industrial strength software and, right. and so on and so forth. Um, the two advantages, which I think are probably the same in biology as well, is students may get a chance to publish. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good thing. And uh, they may get to travel to go to a presented a conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one of my students, um, I had, we had a paper published at uh, an ACM conference in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go. Instead, I, you know, scrounged some money to have a student nice. go travel yeah. to London, UK and make the presentation. <laughs> so that's, that's a very good yeah. yeah, good thing for him. Exactly. Also, field research doesn't necessarily need to be exotic. Mm. Right. Um, Kennewood Lake is very mm-hmm. exotic mm-hmm. because the experiences yeah. you can get on Kennewood Lake in many respects are, are not unlike those you get in Brazil. Right. In that you're out there for a focused reason. You realize you're not calling the shots. Mm-hmm. Is, someone is providing guidance and you're expected to do the nitty-gritty work to get to gather the data that needs to be gathered. Yeah. So a lot of the glitz and glitter of the romance of field biology right. evaporates very quickly. It's, it's hard work. Well, I was going to say, it's a lot of work, you know, and that's the, I think, you know, you think about, oh, I'm traveling to Brazil, but you're traveling to Brazil and, and you've got to get where you're going and then you're you're doing work. It's not, it's not Club Med. That, you is, know? that is a true <laughs> statement. Yes. <laughs> and I think... I think sometimes people also look at research as only students who might be channeling into graduate school, too. And that's not necessarily the case, would you say? Uh, it's definitely not. Um, I personally would like all students to go to grad school, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not going to happen. And not everybody needs to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. And especially in computing, 
uh, there are plenty of jobs there are not enough people yeah. uh, to staff all these positions um, so um, quite a bit of the research that I do in my lab is applied research mm -hmm. um, expressly because most students do not go to grad school and they benefit more from knowing the hands-on stuff mm -hmm. um, than just the uh, theory but we I do try to you know like most other researchers try and mix the theory and mm -hmm. the concepts with the practice and I think it's it's just having a lot of hands-on experience too. So you get that opportunity to kind of put what you're learning in the classroom into practice in a way that you don't get in a lab necessarily. Exactly. So. It's it's also the discipline is different. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are, are excellent course takers, good for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they sometimes don't do well in the lab at all mm -hmm. because more times than not, when you're working on a research problem with a faculty member. You don't know what the answer is. Right. You, you realize that you're spending a lot of time gathering data that may not be the right data. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Yeah. I should also point out that if it wasn't for me knocking on doors as an undergrad, then I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. What would you have been doing? <laughs> oh, at the time I was plowing roads. I worked for a plumber. I was putting in water lines. Yeah. I worked as a painter, but there was an opportunity. I was at the University of New Hampshire as an undergrad. Mm -hmm. I, an opportunity for me to volunteer to do menial tasks in a particular lab. The guy mm -hmm. said, I don't have any money. I said, okay. Well, I, I, was, I don't know why I was interested. I just yeah. was. So I worked for him for, let's say, a semester. Then it turned into a paid position mm -hmm. to do menial tasks. Uh -huh. And then it's better that way. Yeah. It's always better that way. It was $2 an hour, by yeah. the way. But gas was 97 cents yes. a gallon. <laughs> then after that, he liked how I did menial tasks, so he gave me a key to his lab. Okay. And that changed everything. Yeah. I could then go in there and start my own little projects and work on things. And that I knew I, I had to be involved in systematic biology, which mm -hmm. is what I am. Why? I don't know. I don't know why I just have to do it. I have yep. to pursue it and see where it goes. Yeah. And that's why I'm sitting here today talking to you. Yeah. And that's it. It's just sometimes it's that, that one connection, that one chance to kind of turn a knob that, that sets a whole thing in motion for you that you might not ever have dreamt about, that you, you know, hadn't thought about in your wildest imaginations. But there it is. And exactly. Faculty <laughs> can provide opportunities what opportunities you don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to meet and talk with as many faculty as you can, especially when you're an undergrad, because yeah. now's the time in your life you have to do this. Yeah. So you know, don't be afraid, push it. Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that you talked about all the different experiences you had too is sometimes students just think of faculty in this box like that's all you ever were that's all you ever wanted to be that's all you you know you know about and and when you actually get to know people and spend time talking with them about their interest about what they do for research about what they do outside of the world you find that you know you might have a connection that you never thought that you would have with them either so it it just kind of opens up the door and the world to things yeah, you know, I think um, and so. Danbury is a small town, mm -hmm. <laughs> a small city, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but 
when I run into students at the Danbury Mall or at the Costco or, mm-hmm. you know, Shop, ShopRite, wherever, the next time I see that student on campus, the way they interact with me is very mm-hmm. different. So just that much of a different insight into what a faculty is is sufficient yes. to change the dynamics of the exactly. interaction. Um, so um, in definitely in computer science, and I'm sure it's the case in, you know, in other disciplines as well, it is very hard to be effective at teaching uh, real-world stuff and how mm-hmm. uh, software is practiced. If you don't already know how this is done right. in the industry, there is just no way you go from undergrad to grad school, PhD, and then plug into being a faculty yeah. and then just stay there forever. You, you just cannot be very effective yeah. that way. So, and I, But uh, what I find is our students are really, really very smart. Um, yeah. They can figure out, you know, um, when to approach and what mm-hmm. topics work mm-hmm. and what topics don't work. Um, I have generally had a very positive experience with most students interacting with me here. They mm-hmm. seem to know which topic is right for which faculty, mm-hmm. and they'll figure it out very fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're not dummies. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I know we're running short on time, so I'm, I'm just wondering if you had, each of you, one or two thoughts or ideas about... Um, research for students and things that they might want to do what, what what kinds of things would you say are important in my in my discipline sure oh or aspects you know, I think, of students how about well both maybe yeah well <laughs> for me uh I'm, I'm looking at maturity mm-hmm. and maturity means lots of different things yeah. someone could come to me um, 18 years old and very mature mm-hmm. someone could come at 31 and not mature at all yeah. so it you sort of have to gauge what that means. Someone who's afraid to take a chance mm-hmm. to invest some time and not come out of it necessarily with a tangible product, something you can hold. Just the experience is I want to see people who are not afraid to have an experience, mm-hmm. not afraid to work and put in time in ways that in many respects they don't yet understand. Yeah. And um, identify a project or, or something to do and see it to the end. That the, the most important thing. Yeah. So if I ha- can have that type of commitment, then that's the type of student I want. Yeah. And in research, sometimes the end is not where you think it is. So you have you have some circuitous routes to get there too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of, I'm a plant biologist. Mm-hmm. I study species relationships and phylogenies and conservation biology and things like that. And essentially all of my work, as I mentioned before, is in South America now. Mm-hmm. So I go to South America now. It's about once a year, but I bring specimens back. So mm-hmm. most of the students who work for me are working in my lab on specimens. Yeah. Or now working. I'm trying to get moving more in a GIS direction, looking okay. at distributions of species and how they relate to um, rivers and river rapids mm-hmm. and different geological processes. Neat. Yeah. Any advice um, or tips or thoughts? So in addition to what Dr. Philbrick said, uh, so um, I always tell my students interest and industry. So those are two key mm-hmm. ingredients. Um, a lot of people who are interested but are unwilling or unable to put the effort, 
many people are willing and able to put the effort, but they're just not interested. Mm -hmm. uh, so you need both of that, uh, those things to be in the student. And uh, it's a lot easier in, in computer science. So we encourage students to break things. So not a good idea in chemistry or whatever, yeah. but, you know. We, we discourage that. Yeah. So, uh, we want students to break things because what's the worst that can happen? You know, right. your program doesn't work. Exactly. You know, your computer may have to be restarted. So it's nothing really bad that will happen. I mean, unless you were writing a aircraft controller or something right. like that, we're not doing that. Um, so uh, I wait not to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. So just go try something, you know, or bring back an idea. And undergraduates usually think that they are not able to do it or mm -hmm. they are not allowed to do it, that there's some kind of, you know, inhibition about it. Um, no, I mean, you know, just do it because once you do it the first time, you can do it second time very right. easily. Yeah. So just doing it first time is hard. And it's the job of the faculty as well to make sure that they know that they are allowed to say things on right. their own. You know, they can initiate ideas as well. Absolutely. And yeah. and don't be afraid to talk to the faculty member. Don't don't be mm -hmm. afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. Or don't be especially don't be afraid to say, um, doctor faculty member, I don't think you're you're doing the right thing. I think mm -hmm. we should do yep. this. You're right. That yeah. you know, students grow by doing that. Yeah. I encourage that. Yeah. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up excuse me, wrap up the time that we have this week, but um, I hope that that what you've heard out there in listening world has really kind of spurred you to take some action, even if that's just making that knock on the door the first time. Because as we've said over and over again today, there are just so many opportunities out there, and it's a great way to really get involved and get the ball rolling. So um, I do want to take time to thank both of you, Dr. Philbrick, Dr. Murthy, for being with us today. Um, pleasure is mine. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, if there are questions that you have as a listener and they didn't get answered today, you can always reach out to me at griffinm at wcsu.edu, and I will work really hard to get you the answer to that. Um, otherwise, keep listening. Invite your friends, neighbors, parents, relatives, everyone else to listen to, and uh, know that at Gab and Grow, there's going to be something that will interest everyone. Thanks so much, and uh, bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>